0: Well, take your Bibles with me and go to Ephesians. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. If you don't have a Bible, you'll notice our ushers are coming around. You can just grab their attention and uh, they will make sure that you get a Bible. And go with us there to the book of Ephesians chapter 4. And as you're going, um, I thought about something this week. Kids grow up. You know that? And as parents, that's not always a fun thing, but we kind of know it's a good thing. I I, I was uh, I was thinking about when we left North Carolina uh, to join Harvest, and uh, my youngest daughter Jacy, uh, the youngest uh, youngest at the time, uh, she was only two years old. She was just a baby, and uh, she's starting kindergarten in the fall. Like, how in the world is that even possible? And uh, now my oldest, we're noticing that she more and more wants to. Uh, hang out and be a part of the grown-up conversations, you know, and uh, even my son, like all of a sudden he can read and, and he can help make lunch, and, and even, even my youngest, Javen, who's like four months old, he's just like flying through the stages of development, so instead of just eating, sleeping, and pooping, now he's eating, sleeping, and playing, and laughing, and pooping, and it's just like that. There's, you just blink, and all of a sudden they grow up, and while that's hard as a parent, uh, we also know that's a really good thing, Right? We want them to grow up. As I was studying Ephesians chapter 4 this week, I had this thought, what if our church never grew up? What if our church never grew up? What if we stayed the same and we remained in some immaturity and immaturity where we we, we really couldn't handle life and any difficult situations and and everything becomes a crisis and, and, and we had poor leadership. We're, we're, we're not really pouring into anybody. We're not multiplying. We're not equipping anybody. And we've got bad theology because, because of it. We don't know our Bibles. And and, and we're confused and, and maybe even deceived. And we have no discernment. And, and we, we're, we're not very good in our communication. We, we, we're harsh and we're unloving in the way that we talk to one another. We're just Flat out uh, irresponsible. We just we we sit soaking and sour, and, and nobody's doing anything. We're and we're just okay with okay. How many of you would want to be a part of a church like that? How many of you want to go to church like that? Yeah, I didn't think so. But what if? What if our church was growing? And we're not just talking about like like you know get more people in here. Now, that can be an indication that God is bringing fruit. But but we've said this before, that we're not going to focus on the quantity of disciples, but a quality of discipleship. We're just going to focus on not just about the numbers, but we want to be faithful to the mission that God has called us, that we're going to glorify Him through the fulfillment of the Great Commission. We want to make disciples. We want to see other people that are coming to know and love Christ, and they're growing in their relationship with God. What if we were a part of a church like that, where we were, we were growing in our maturity? We could properly grow and handle life and all the situations that we were dealing with. We had dynamic leadership where we were multiplying and we were equipping and we were making committed and compelled and contagious and courageous disciples and and not only that but we had biblical theology. We knew our Bibles and we were firmly grounded in the truth. We were growing in wisdom and we were growing in discernment. We were proclaiming the authority of God's word without apology. And We, we, we know our Bibles and, and and we're growing in our communication, and we're yes, we're going to speak truth, but but always in love, and and we're going to grow in responsibility. Each one is doing its part, and where we're all working together, we're 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 growing. Now, how many of you would want to be a part of a church like that? I want to be a part of a church that's growing. Now, how do we grow? Well, as I read uh, Ephesians chapter four, uh, seven through sixteen. I think we're going to see in this text, this is how how we grow as a church, okay? That's our big idea this morning. This is how we grow as a church. And uh, if we're going to grow, here we're going to see a couple of requirements here, but why don't we just dive into uh, verse 7. You follow along with me as I read Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 7. Paul says, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he also descended into the lower regions of the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles and the prophets and the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Father, would you even speak to us in these moments? We love your word. Thank you that you have given us this instruction, and we want so badly to be a part of a vibrant, life-giving church that is growing and, and producing fruit You say that you are glorified by this, that we bear much fruit and so prove to be your disciples. So would you uh, help us to do that even this morning? And we thank you that you have equipped us and given us this revelation that we can hear from you. And we'll be careful to give you the praise and the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if we are going to grow, then I I think we see two requirements here in the text. Uh, Here's one, note this. If we're going to grow... God's got to give. God's got to give. Can we just, uh, right up front, just acknowledge that if this church is going to grow, if there's going to be any growth at all, it's going to be because God's working, right? And that's what we've been praying this year. That's our theme. God, work. We know that we need God to work if we are going to continue to grow as a church. So we're praying desperately for that. But did you know, did you know, hey, God is interested in, in Harvest Fairfax, growing. In fact, he's so interested that he's given us what we need. He's, it's kind of like he's invested. And God gives us what we need in order for us to grow. Note this, he gives us um, gifts. God gives us gifts. Look at verse 7, he says, By, uh, but grace was given to each one of us. Now, normally when we think about grace, we're thinking in terms of salvation, right? Like uh, we we looked at this in chapter two, for by grace you have been saved through faith. But this grace here is actually referring to what we know as spiritual gifts. And you can see some of that at the end of verse eight, he gave gifts to men. It's kind of being used similarly to the way that Paul used the word at the beginning of chapter three, when he said the, the stewardship of the grace that was given to me. That was Paul's way of basically saying, I got this really special job. There was a mystery that the Gentiles were included, and and that hadn't been known before, and someone had to go tell. And guess what? I got to be the one. I got to be the one who got to squeal. I'm the one that got to tell the mystery, and I didn't deserve that. That was grace that I got that job. That's kind of similarly how Paul is using this word here, that grace has been given to each one of us according to the measure of of Christ's gift, and it means this, each one of us have received spiritual gifts. Do you know that? Now let's get a definition. Let's get a working definition here. Uh, A spiritual gift is a God-given ability to serve Christ and his church. We're not talking about the fact that you can like juggle while standing on your head. That's great, thankful for that skill, but we're talking about a God-supernaturally empowered ability to serve his church and to make a greater impact in his kingdom. And God has given all of us gifts. And this is not one of the, this, this text is not um, exhaustive on, this, this is not like the, the list, this is the only gifts that are here. In fact, we see some of these in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and in Romans chapter 12. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 4, he says, now there are a variety of gifts but one spirit. And just so you know, the, the word gifts there in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is the word charisma. The word for grace here in Ephesians 4 is charis. I just want you to notice the similarity. That's what Paul is bringing out for us. There's a variety of gifts, but there's one spirit. Romans chapter 12 says, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. So, so here's what I want you to do. Everybody hold out your hands, Okay. Get out your hands like you're like I'm about to give you something, okay? You got your hands out? Everybody got your hands together? I know you got to put your iPhone down. Uh, put, put, put your hands together. You ready? Uh, you look down in your hands and I want you to notice God has given you spiritual gifts. He's given you gifts that are specific to you. This is like super weird, but I want you to like look next to the person next to you. I want you to peek into their hands and look at the gifts that they have. Here's what I want you to notice. Notice this. The gifts that the person next to you have are not the same gifts that you have. Do you notice that? They all have different gifts because God has given us different gifts according to his design. Which is kind of crazy because Paul has just made a really, really big deal about unity. Chapter 3, beginning of chapter 4, he says we are one, right? Right? We belong together, we are unified. Now, he's pointing out our differences. And the difference is, we all have different gifts. And God made it that way. And then he says, verse eight, therefore, it says, uh, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. Does anybody ever feel when you're reading Paul, you're like, where in the world did that come from? Like, okay, so let me explain this here. Uh, this is actually quoting from Psalm 68. And he's using poetic imagery so that you will, will get this in your head of, of victory and authority. It's an illustration. And even to explain his illustration, you see verses 9 and 10 are in parentheses right there. And there's this whole, like, ascended, descended there. Here's, here's basically what happens, right? Well, here's what he's saying. Jesus descended and came down to earth, and he conquered sin and death. And then he went back up above the heavens, And so as he's quoting this, he's basically saying, what I want you to picture from Psalm 68 is Jesus with a crown on his head and a sword in his hand, and he is leading a victory parade, and he is climbing up Mount Zion, and we are all spectators. You you see the streamers, you see the balloons, you, you hear the noise. It's a parade, and it's awesome. It's a victory parade, and it says he led a host of captives. So, so behind him are walking and kind of like shuffling behind him all his enemies that he has defeated and he gave gifts to men. And so this victor is, you can just see him showering gifts all, like I want you to have this and, and, and you, you get this gift. And so, so when you look down at what you have in your hands, the word grace is a really good word to describe it, isn't it? Because you didn't do anything to deserve it. But he's given us these things. And before we talk about what we're actually supposed to do with him, let me just ask you this. Are you grateful for the gifts that he's given to you? I know your gifts don't look like the person next to you. They don't look like the people up here on the stage. They probably don't look like the people back in the nursery. But he knew exactly what he was doing when he gave those gifts to you. So are you grateful and are you willing to submit to his authority? Because if he's given you something, then he expects that you're going to use it as he's designed. See, listen, hey, if we, you, you guys want to grow as a church? Well, God's got to give and he's already given us gifts. God has given us everything that we need if we are going to grow Use these gifts to serve and impact his kingdom. But he's also given us something else. Look at verse 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers. Now, now, now some of these words are kind of debated as to whether those are, those are the gifts, those are offices, or, or uh, did, did, did those stop after the early church? Are they, are they ongoing? But here's, here's, here's really what, what I want you to notice. God gives leaders. You notice that? God gives leaders to the church, verse 12. Why? For building up the body of Christ. Hey, hey, do you see the leadership of Harvest Fairfax as a gift to you? Like, I know that this, this might, it might sound like really awkward for me to be saying this, but I think it's really important for us to understand what God's word says about church leadership and what's expected of us. Because God has given leaders to the church so that we'll grow. That's why we're here. Now, now how does that work? How, what, 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 do, what do leaders do that, that help the church to grow? What, what, this It's a good question. What's the job description of the church leaders? That's a really good question, isn't it? Well, look at it, verse 12. It is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Now, I remember when Pastor Phil, Pastor Phil is one of my spiritual mentors, I remember when he pointed this verse out to me. See, I've been in uh, pastor, pastoral ministry now for over 10 years. Uh, but when I think about like, what I was like early on and, and, and what I did as a young pastor, I'm kind of ashamed. Like, I literally thought I was God's gift to the church in a very prideful way because of all that I could do. Like, oh, I've got so many gifts and, and I could do. And, and as a, a young youth pastor, I tried to do everything. I was, I was doing the teaching. I was doing the music. I'm doing the PowerPoint. I'm doing the plan, I'm doing the games. I didn't give any ministry away. Now a lot of that was because I was procrastinating so badly that I had to just pull it off at the last minute. But I didn't trust anybody with any other ministry. I could do it all because I was so gifted, right? And I remember Pastor Phil kind of brought me into his office as he did on a fairly regular basis. And lovingly and, and, and really gently in basically was telling me bro you're not doing your biblical job because what's the job what's the what what does it say verse 12 to equip the saints for the work of the ministry now now let, let me clarify this for leaders okay this does not mean slacking this doesn't mean like sweet i get to kick back in my office chair like yeah you guys gotta do the work i ain't doing any of the work like no it's not that and it also doesn't mean well i'm not doing that job like i'm I'm more important than that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of above that. No, 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 no. Jesus, he got down on his hands and his knees with a basin and a towel and he washed his disciples' feet. You want to talk about a dirty job? And so your leaders better always be willing to serve even in the most disgusting and, and lowliest jobs that have to get done. I kind of think about it like this. As a pastor, I've always got to be willing to clean the toilets. I am never above that. So it's not slacking. It's not lazy, unwilling to work, like, you know, just, just give it to somebody else. That's not it. That's lacking. But it's also not Superman. It's not like, no, 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 I got it. I'm good. I don't, don't need any help. I, I can handle this. You know what? I'd rather just do it myself. See, see if, if the leaders are doing all the work, then what do the saints have left to do? Answer? Nothing. And they're just going to sit there and sit back, soak it all in, and, and start to sour, and then everybody starts to smell. So we, we want leaders, if we're really going to grow, leaders have to be equipping. And how do we equip? With this, right? 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All Scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete. Watch this, watch this. Equipped for every good work. This is what is going to equip you. So leaders have to be equipping with the word of God. This is such an important role that we have to play in the body of Christ. In fact, it's so important that in, in, in the early church in, in Acts chapter six, maybe you remember this, they were having a, uh, they, they, they had a problem. We need, to, we need to take care of some of these tables over here. We need to wait on these tables. But you know what they said? Acts chapter six, look at, listen to what they said. They said, it is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Now, that doesn't mean that they're looking at that like, we're the leaders, okay? We don't do that kind of stuff. That's not what they're saying. But what what, what did they realize? They understood, like, this is such an important job. We can't give this up to do this. And so, but this is really important. So, So pick out seven men of good repute whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Because the Bible will equip you to use your spiritual gifts to serve the church, to impact his kingdom. Harvest Fairfax is not going to grow if your leaders are not providing for you a steady diet of biblical teaching. That's also why we want you here on Sunday mornings. Because we want you to hear this. We want you to be equipped and we want you to grow. So leaders equip with the Bible and then leaders... Multiply leaders. Second Timothy two two. What you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So here's how this works. Uh, this is like passing the baton, right? It, it, it's finding someone and saying, like, Hey, I, this is this is really important. I want you to have this. I, I'm passing this on to you. But when I give it to you, I'm expecting that you're going to go out and you're going to pass it on to somebody else who's going to be able to go find others and pass it on. And leaders start to multiply leaders. This baton was given to me at the Harvest Bible Fellowship Training Center graduation. And there was an expectation that as a pastor at Harvest, I was going to go out and find more leaders to entrust this. So leaders have to multiply leaders. You do this by equipping with the Word of God. God's given us leaders so that the church will grow. Can I just say, I'm still learning this, okay? So thank you for being patient with your pastor. Love you. Would you pray for me? Would you pray for our elders? This is a really important role for us, that God has given this leadership to the church so that we will grow. I love that God doesn't expect us to grow without giving us everything we need to see it happen. Isn't that just a a kindness of the Lord? And he gives us gifts, and he gives us leaders, expecting that our church is going to grow. Well, here's the second requirement if we're going to grow. Note this, we've got to work. God's got to give, but we've got to work. You see it right there in verse 12? You looking at it? Verse 11 says, He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers, here's verse 12, to equip the saints for what? For the work of the ministry. So my job is to help you do your job. So we're all in this together. We all got to work. And what happens when we're all working? We're for the building up of the body of Christ. We grow as a church. And so we've got to get to work, and here's our goal, uh, note this, to mature in our discernment. To mature in our discernment. When leaders are doing their job, their part in the work of the ministry, then, verse 13, we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Now, now that, that unity, uh, this might, uh, you, you might feel like, oh, that's kind of like an already not yet reality, right? we Didn't we say last week that that's something that we already have? We have that because of what God has done. Christ has brought us together. So we have that unity. But now Paul's also telling us this is a goal. We're striving to attain this. And we are not going to grow if we are divided. And there's danger if we are not united under the one faith of verse 5 there. And here's the danger. Verse 14, he gives us an illustration of it so that we may no longer be children. So, so we're wanting to mature. We want to grow up, guys. And we got to work towards this because we don't want to be like children. Now, that's, uh, he's using that as a negative illustration. And, and kind of in the context here, he's basically telling you, like, kids, they're really gullible, right? They'll believe anything, and, and they don't really have discernment until they grow up. I think about my kids. Uh, I, I think about when my kids... Uh, used to believe that it was both possible and perfectly acceptable to send people through the mail, through the United States Postal Service. And the reason they thought this was because they would be talking to their grandma on the phone, my mother-in-law, who's a lot of fun, and she would always joke with them that she was wanting grandpa to put her in a box and send her so she could come and visit. And so one day, when grandma was coming down to visit, she literally climbed into a box as a package on our front door. And so when the kids came to check, Out popped grandma. Made perfect sense. Grandpa shipped grandma through the mail. Kids believe all sorts of crazy stuff. But here's the problem. Problem. We are susceptible to believing a lot of crazy stuff too if we don't know our Bibles, right? So he says, I don't want you to be like a bunch of little kids that haven't grown up and and, and are able to discern. Yeah, that's not true. And then there's another illustration. So that we'll no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine. Now this is not some like calm, you know, kind of breezy day at the beach where the waves are... Kind of rolling over your feet, and you know, like this is like this is probably more like a storm, right? Like on Thursday when you thought Fairfax was literally being blown off the map, that's the feeling here, where where, where the waves are just crashing into you, you're you're going under the water, and, and uh, you're 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 uh, being swept away by the 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 wind. You're you're swept out into this torrent. It's it's not good. Okay, this is actually kind of touching on one of my personal fears. One of my biggest fears is being out in the middle of the ocean with a world of creatures uh, below me that I can't see, but they can see me. And and to think that there's like storm and you know, waves coming, like no thanks, uh, like freaks me out. And I think Paul actually wants us to be a little bit scared here because he says, you got to be careful. There will some who will use, look at it, there will some who will use human cunning and craftiness in deceitful schemes. They are not teaching the truth, and they are out to get you. Do you know that? Now, that's part of the reason why he gave you leaders, because look back at verse 11. Look at at one of the terms he says. Uh, He calls some of these leaders shepherds. Now, that's a really interesting word picture for leaders, isn't it? Because shepherds have to care for their sheep. What's really interesting is that in Acts chapter 20, Paul gets together with the elders of this church. Okay, so this letter was written to the whole church in Ephesians, but in Acts, he's just passing through. And so he calls the elders of Ephesus. He says, hey, come on, guys. Hey, Scott, Jeff, come on. I want to talk to you guys. I just need to sit down. I have some important things I need to say to you. And here's what he said to them. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock, and from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Sounds pretty dangerous, doesn't it? Can I say I was actually alarmed this week? I received in the mail an invitation to an Easter service at another church here in Fairfax, which at first I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. They they beat us to the game. That's a really cool idea. And then I saw that they were giving away a free book to all the visitors that were come. The problem is that book is from a straight-up false teacher. You cannot imagine how disappointed I was to see that. You don't think that this stuff is happening right here in our community? There are people that would lure you away by... Speaking twisted things. And I know that last week, I just, I just got done saying like last week, we're, we're striving for unity because we're on the same team, right? But not everybody is really part of the team. That's why it's so important that the leaders of the church get to work preaching the truth of God's word. Because we are not going to grow if you are being picked off one by one by false teachers who would lure you away with things that are not biblical because you haven't matured in your doctrine and you haven't matured in your discernment. We've got to learn our Bible. So uh, this is uh, a carving of a shepherd that was given to me uh, by Pastor Terry, another one of my spiritual mentors. And uh, he brought this to me from Bethlehem in Israel. And this stands in my office as a reminder to me that I've got to work, and I've got to work hard because God has entrusted you into my care. And you need to be fed the Word of God. You need someone who's watching out. You need someone who is praying. You need someone who is caring for you. God has given the leaders, the shepherds, We have a responsibility to get to work so that we're maturing in our discernment, so that we know our Bibles, so we can recognize that's not true. So we need to mature in our discernment. Then we need to mature in our delivery. We need to mature in our delivery. You see that verse 15? Rather, speaking the truth in love. Now, this is for all of us. We're going to, we, we are going to be people who speak the truth, but can we just be careful in, like, how we say that, okay? You, you know what I'm saying? Like, the, the, the temptation is going to be for us to come alongside somebody, and, and, and I want to, I need to pass this on to you. You need to hear this, okay? So you ready for this? Boom! Like, hey, hey, I'm just being honest. The Bible says I need to speak truth to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right content, really immature delivery. So, we want to make sure that as we are speaking truth, that's part of the work of the ministry that God is calling to you, that you would speak truth to your brothers and sisters so that we would grow up in every way into Christ. We got to work at this, but we're not going to grow at harvest if all of us are walking around clubbing each other over the head with the truth. Like, you need to do this, or, oh yeah, well, the Bible says that you need to, like, whoa, 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 can we, can we have some love here? So the longer we worship, walk, and work together, the, the, the more real we get with one another. Can we just be honest? We're, we're gonna start to see each other's faults. We're gonna realize that we all have a lot of areas that need work. We need the word of God. We need the truth. But wouldn't it be awesome if we were part of a, a church that would speak that truth to us lovingly? 1 Corinthians chapter 13, right? The great love chapter kind of gives us some clarifications on how we could do this. So let me give you just three reminders. Uh, here's how we can do this. Just remember this. Love doesn't avoid. Love doesn't avoid. 1 Corinthians 13 says, it doesn't rejoice at wrongdoing, but it rejoices with the truth. So don't think that, well, I don't want to be mean to anybody. So, you know, you see somebody who's caught in sin, you're like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to be harsh, right? So no, 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 no. It, it, it hates the sin and it confronts the sin. Real love, cares enough to go and deal with it. So love doesn't avoid. But love is also not abrasive. Love is not abrasive. It says it is kind, not arrogant or rude, not irritable or resentful. It attacks the problem, not the person, okay? The the truth can hurt, but the way you say it doesn't need to. So love doesn't avoid, love is not abrasive, and love doesn't abandon it's patient, it bears all things, it believes all things, it hopes all things, it endures all things. You don't just like throw up your hands and give up on somebody easy. like I've told you, I can't, how many times have I told you, I'm done with you, man, like I can't handle it. No, whoa, whoa, whoa. How has, how has God treated you? And we wanna respond in the same way, the same patience that we've been shown. And so, hey, do you wanna grow as a church? You wanna grow as a church? And we need to mature in our delivery as we're speaking truth to one another in a way that is really loving. And then last, we need to mature in our duty. Verse 15. We are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. How are we doing with this as a church? How how are we doing? Like I'm asking that question. Is is each part working properly? Are are, are the parts of the body of this church, are are they working properly? That's really a question for you, isn't it? Come come on, get your hands back out. Look look, look down at your hands, get 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 those gifts back out. I just want you to see this. God has given you those gifts. And the question is, are you using these? God has given you gifts so that you will make an impact in his kingdom. Are you going to use these gifts? Now, I, I realize that some of you are, this isn't super helpful because you look down and you're like, I, I don't see anything. I don't really know what I'm looking at. How, how, how do I know? I don't know what my gifts are. How am I supposed to know what my spiritual gifts are so that I can use them? Well, one of the best ways that you can find out is to just start serving. Just start serving, and you're going to see the fruit of how God is using you to make an impact in his church. And it's entirely possible that you may find out what you're not gifted at, and we'll help you with that. In love, right? We'll speak truth in love. But we want you to grow in this. We want us to understand. We want everyone to be growing as disciples. Disciples who worship Christ, who walk with Christ, who work for Christ. Disciples who worship Christ with their whole lives and are here together on Sunday mornings, gathered together to sing our praise to this great and glorious God. Disciples who walk with Christ in community, who are connected to small groups, holding one another accountable, loving one another, spurring one another on to love and good deeds, and disciples who work for Christ, that are actively serving in ministry. Now, I'm, I, I got kind of fired up about this because I, 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 we're looking at you, we care for you, and we want you to grow. We want you to grow as disciples who worship, walk, and work. So, you know, what was really exciting to me is I, as I looked at all of our adults who are members or regular attenders, we have 73% of you are involved in active serving in at least one ministry working for Christ—that's up 16% from last year. I love that because that's an indication that we're growing, we're maturing, we're all plugging in, and we're using these gifts. And can I just tell you, if you're if you're serving, listen, listen, your ministry is not a small thing. You are helping to make disciples, and that is bringing glory to our great God. So it doesn't matter if you're putting bulletins in somebody's hand, or or or, or maybe you're just packing up gear, you're strumming guitar, or, or you're bouncing babies in the back, or you're counseling somebody. Your ministry matters, and it's helping our church grow. God's given us everything that we need. He's given us these gifts. He's given us these leaders, and then we have this awesome, awesome privilege of getting to work so that we can see this church grow. Now, by God's grace, God is working here. And Harvest Bible Chapel Fairfax is a church that's growing. And we want you to be a part of this work. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to have our ushers. They're going to pass these out. I want everybody to get a, 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 a special card here. It's real simple. I want everybody to get one of these. And maybe you're, you're listening to this and realizing, like, I want to be a part of this. I, I want to I help the body grow. God, Maybe God's given me something. I don't know what that is yet, but I'm willing to help. I want to serve uh, would you just give us your name give us your contact and we have a couple of our ministries where i'm just straight up telling you we need help maybe you need to help us and harvest kids we want our kids to know and love christ and we want to keep them safe and that's a massive ministry that we have would you help us out in that if you'd be willing to try <laughs> i'll give it a shot just check that box how about the setup team nobody wants to sign up for that right 7 30 in the morning on sunday come on Hey, that's a fun one, and I'm telling you, there is incredible ministry that is happening here early in the morning. Now, those that do, that's not a small thing, that we would set this up so that we can worship, so that we can hear the Word of God, and our church is growing because of it. Would you help us out with that? How about the welcome team? Now, now, like like I said, if this isn't your thing, uh, we'll... We'll recognize that too. You show up with your like crabby until I get my coffee mug for welcome team. We're probably gonna find you another ministry. But if you're willing to try, if you're willing to smile a little bit and welcome, we wanna welcome people as Christ has welcomed us to the glory of God, would you just let us know that? Now I know a lot of you are sitting here like, well, I'm already part of ministry. I don't need to do this. Can I just talk to you for a minute? Maybe some of you have lost a little steam, lost a little passion, In the ministry, like, I do this all the time. This is what God has gifted you to do. And you get to help this body grow. Isn't that awesome? Maybe you need to renew your passion for that. And you say, that's me, like, you know what, I'm just, I love what's going on here. And I just want to, I'm already a part of that team, but I just want to renew my commitment. My passion to serve Christ and to see this body grow. You go ahead and you check the box of the ministry team that you're on. And here's what you can do with these. There are, uh, there, there are baskets right there on each of these tables right here. On your way out, would you just fill that out? Drop it right in there and we'll get a hold of it. God is growing our church and it's exciting to be a part of. And when each part is doing its part, it builds itself up in love. and God is glorified. Amen. Father, thank you so much for our church. Thank you for how you are at work. Thank you that you are growing, that we can trust you with these things. You're the one that has to give the increase. You're the one that has to cause fruit and you can do it. We're praying to the God who is more than able. So we thank you for that. And I pray that you would help us even as we continue to use our gifts and to serve. Would you renew our passion and our commitment to this? We love being a part of this. This is grace. This is because of what Christ has done. Who we are in Christ now determines how we live and we wanna get to work so that your church is making a greater impact in Northern Virginia and we'll give you the praise and the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen.